God Hero. Christmas gift that someone I saw was given showed uh, one of those like old iron worker t-shirts. It was like a, an iron I-beam. Uh, and sitting on the I-beam was Batman and Hulk and Superman. And then Spider-Man was like hanging down. And then Jesus is right in the middle and he says, and that's how I saved the world. Which is kind of funny. It makes you chuckle. Um, of course, Jesus is not imaginary. Um, and Jesus' kind of leadership and power and the kind of hero he is is very different. The superheroes, you know, it's Superman, you know, like he can't be harmed. And he sweeps into a situation and then pulls out the person in danger and rescues them from harm. That's how he works. But Jesus does things very differently than that. The Jesus who is all-powerful, Jesus who created the heavens and the earth, chooses not to stand back in his glory and be unscathed, but chooses to humbly come to us in, in human form, as, as human, fully human, where he can suffer, where he can be pulled into the fray. And so he's a hero of a different sort, that, that his power is different and, and contrasted, even with Caesar Augustus in our gospel today, or, or even in, we think of power in our world today. Who has power? Today we would say it's the one who's got the ability to push the button and release the nuclear weapon. The one who has control over billions of dollars in their hands. That that's what it means to be powerful. Caesar Augustus, he calls for a census. And that's why they're, um, Joseph and Mary go to, to Bethlehem, because that was where he was from. And so, um, so this, this leader has the power to move people in a time when it was not easy to move. Why? So that he could count them and know how many people he had. So he could know how much taxes he could have, so how many people he could constrict into the military or whatnot. This great show of power contrasted with the one who holds all power and authority in his hand, who doesn't stand back watching, but chooses to get involved, chooses to help in the way that matters most. I was thinking about this phrase, you know, because we're given these, these titles today for the Savior. Prophet Isaiah says, you know, a child is born to us. They call him Wonder Counselor, God Hero, Father Forever, Prince of Peace. And so I was just thinking about God Hero. Um, you may have seen CNN had, you know, the 10 heroes of 2017. It's a pretty cool thing, actually. Um, because I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> but it was very, it was very good. <laughs> um, what is is they picked out these ten people who have chosen to get involved. There was um, this guy Stan Hayes. He's a grand champion pitmaster, and in 2011 he started this nonprofit, Operation Barbecue Relief. 
And it's very simple. He's like, I'm good at barbecuing. How can I help people? And so when the, the hurricanes went through Texas and Florida, he load, he hooked up his barbecue and drove over there and just started serving meals. 1.7 million meals. He's, when everybody runs away from the disaster, he runs in. And there's, there's several stories. There was a woman who was, um, she worked at, she was a teacher um, named Rosie Marshall. And she was retiring. But like the day she was retiring, she goes outside and someone had left an orphan on their doorstep. She's like, I can't just walk away. And so she took that child in and started taking in lots of children. And to date, she's taken in 5,000 orphaned, abandoned, and sick children, many of whom who've lost parents to AIDS in South Africa. That rather than turn away, she chooses to get involved. The one that stood out for me, um, the one that was like the hero of the year, was a woman named Amy Wright. And um, she and her husband had uh, a child with Down syndrome, which already puts them in the minority, because statistically, um, nine out of ten children who were conceived with Down syndrome never get to breathe air uh, because they're terminated. That's and so interesting. She and her husband were so generous and open that they ended up having two children with Down syndrome, which is like one in a you know you have one in twelve hundred and fifty chance to have a child with Down syndrome. And and so they had these two children, and they saw how people how difficult it was for them. Um, and yet, they have full human dignity. And so what they did was they started a coffee shop in North Carolina called Biddy and Bo's Coffee, in which 40% um, 40 people who work there all have disabilities. And so rather than stand back and just be like, wow, that sound, that's really tough for you, they chose to roll up their sleeves, get their hands dirty, and to work alongside them to show them the dignity they have. Christmas shows us that Jesus reveals our dignity, that if God, who is impassable, meaning he, can't, meaning he can't suffer, he chooses to take on human flesh, which actually shows us how good we are. You know, working with college students here, um, college students are very good at seeing in the mirror how bad they are. At, and, and maybe that's the human condition, right? We're all, we're all very good at seeing our flaws, at seeing where we mess up. We're not as smart or as holy or as good a son or daughter as we wish we were. The college students are the best at that, you know? Like, we're very good at that. Um, but Jesus becomes human to show us how good we are. And he meets us at, at whatever level we are in order to raise us up, that, that Jesus, God, becomes man in order that we might experience the life of God and be drawn into the blessed Trinity. That Jesus becomes, God becomes man so that man can experience God. And so when, if we're not experiencing that joy and that life, the invitation is to let Jesus in to let him into our mess so that he can um, raise us up. I, this is this idea that, that, that makes him our, our, our hero, that the hero is not the one who just magically changes things, but enters into our mess. 
I, I was down in Phoenix on Thursday, and I was I was walking across a church parking lot, and this car like pulled in, and this guy runs out towards me, and he's like, "Father, Father, um, I need to talk to you. Um, we don't have any money. We're we're homeless right now, and my wife is an amputee, and nobody's helping us, and." And, and I'm thinking, I was just walking to my car to, like, go see my parents. And now I'm just like, this situation was just, like, dumped on me. And I distinctly remember feeling in my, in my heart, I was like, this thought of, I don't want to get involved. Like, I, I just want to... And, 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 and so I said to this man, I was like, I don't know what to do, you know? Okay, I just need to love him at the very least, right? So, so I said to him, I said, um, um, you know, God knows exactly where you are. And he said, you know, Father, I'm beginning to question that. And, and I sat there and I was like, God, what are you telling me to do here? And, and he said, he kept on talking and he said, you know, we're hungry, we haven't had food. And I was like, I can help with food. I know food. And so um, I said, why don't you hang out? And he's like, and he's like, where can we get help? And I was like, well, go into the office, but knowing that I'm like, they're, they're not going to help him. It's like, they're going to call, have him call, leave a message for Sam Vincent to Paul. They'll call you back in two days. And you know, like it's just, and so I run off and I get food and I come back and, and, and it turns out that actually he was coming out of the office and he said, father, there's somebody from Sam Vincent to Paul there and they're helping us. And so I handed him two coffees and a bag of McDonald's and he's like, thank you so much. Um, that, that I think as, as hungry as we are for food, we're hungrier to know that somebody cares. That somebody's willing to get down in our mess with us, that they're not scared off. That, that even though I felt like I don't want to get involved, Jesus doesn't say that. Jesus says the opposite. Jesus says, I will get involved. That, that you're down in the dirt, that you're down helpless, like, that's where I will go. Um, Father, Father Dan made a great point in his homily yesterday. He said that how, interestingly, in, in the story of the prodigal son, that when the son is at his lowest, the furthest away from God, from his father, all his money's spent, that he's in with the food for the pigs. And he, he's just like, anything's better than this. This is the lowest. I'm going to go back and be a slave for my father, whatever. And then Jesus comes, and he begins at the lowest, in a stable with animals, sitting in the very tray in which the animals feed. A foreshadowing already of how he desires to feed us. To strengthen us from the inside out but that Jesus doesn't run from our our mess our sinfulness Jesus is not scared of our sinfulness Jesus stands there with his arms wide open as he shows us on the cross and says I, I accept all I want all of you I'm not afraid of you but the invitation comes to us to receive that gift that it's not about doing. Sometimes we, we can think about, I'm so, I haven't done enough. You know, I haven't been to church. Or I, haven't, I haven't done what I needed to do. I've been a bad whatever. And with God, it's like, it doesn't matter. 
Because it's not about what we're doing. Christmas and the Christian life is all about what he's doing. That when I'm focused on myself, I will always despair. I will always feel overwhelmed and be caught up with my inadequacies. But if I can turn to him and watch what he's doing, how he desires to come to me, how he desires to give me everything, and my job is just to receive that. Just like receiving a baby. A baby is always a gift. And maybe a, a meditation might be today, uh, maybe it's a busy day, maybe not, is to take five minutes at some point today just to kind of sit and imagine yourself at the nativity scene. Imagine Joseph and Mary and, and the animals making it crazy, you know, and, and, and you're just there. And, and the joy of Mary and Joseph that you're there. And Jesus' desire for you to come closer. And Mary maybe motions you closer. And then maybe, maybe she hands you Jesus. And, and some people are so afraid of holding children nowadays. I didn't know that was a thing, but like, I don't want to hold a baby. But to, to know and to imagine Mary just handing you Jesus, that he wants to be close to you. And you can't mess it up. There's nothing to do but just to receive him, just to hold him and to accept his love precisely in those places of shame and doubt and inadequacy. There's nothing to do but just to receive. And in that act, we do what the inns did not do. There was no room for them in the inn, that the door was closed. We're told in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door to me, I will enter his house and dine with him, and he with me. That it doesn't matter where we've been, it doesn't matter what we've done or haven't done, that the invitation is today to open the door of our hearts, to allow the Lord to come, to be with us precisely where we are, in order to lead us to where he is. That this is our God, who loves us, who is good, that he doesn't magically rip us away from our suffering, but he enters into it. That we who experience loss, that Jesus chooses to experience loss and weeps at the death of his friend Lazarus. That we who feel ridiculed and misunderstood, that Jesus chooses to take the cross, to understand what it is to be misunderstood and ridiculed and suffer innocently. That when I feel helpless and I can't do anything to get a job or to help myself, that Jesus makes himself helpless, where he's completely dependent on others, on his Father that he knows will provide. That wherever we're at, Jesus desires to not magically change our situation, but to be with us right where we are, to be our God, to be our hero with us, to be our savior.